0: Hi, everyone. Dr. B here again. Thanks for joining me and everyone that's listening to uh, another episode of Ask the Dentist. Today, we're going to talk about, again, prompted by a question from a listener, uh, about this one topic that comes up quite often, and I'm hearing about it more and more, and, and that's a good thing. It tells me that my audience and everyone that is listening and up to date is questioning this procedure when they go see their dentist. And uh, again, I'm glad that we're able to have this conversation and I'm glad that you're questioning the procedure, but the results unfortunately lead to an argument with your dentist or hygienist or a little bit of shaming. And, and, and I'll explain um, after we listen to the uh, listener's question, but just wanted to back up a little bit and thank you all for listening Uh, And thank you for all the reviews that you've been leaving. I hope you've been enjoying our video audio format that's also ending up on YouTube. These are longer segments, uh, episodes, uh, and we're interviewing people that I absolutely find fascinating. Anyone from experts to uh, children eating and drinking uh, as, as infants to inventors for these products... We're also uh, talking with malfunctional therapists, and a, a lot of it, to me, is fascinating because these experts aren't mainstream. You wouldn't maybe know about them, perhaps, unless you were listening here, of course, or digging deep online or had some very specific issues and your dentist was well-informed, i.e. a functionally-minded dentist that was always looking for root cause issues and had access or knew to to reach out or refer you to these experts. So I hope you've been enjoying that format. I, I, I'm not going to be able to do it each time, but um, I'm going to go back and forth between the, sh- the shorter format answering listeners' questions, because I still think that's very important, but also these longer formats where we're actually interviewing uh, someone of great interest as it relates to oral health. Um, I'm having fun with that because these people are just fascinating. Uh, for example, uh, and I think this episode is up, we just spoke to uh, an interviewed Dr. Organic Mommy, and we talked about she's a PhD uh, psychologist, specializes in pediatric uh, issues. And we talked about how to motivate your children to brush, for example, to brush their teeth. This is a big issue. I had the same issue with my three daughters, uh, and a lot of parents are asking about this and want to know more. So stuff like that. Hope hope that is of use to you. Um, and just to let you know, upcoming guest, uh, James Nestor, one of my favorite writers, uh, uh will be talking to him again. We did do an interview very early on before he became... This uh, big healthcare journalist celebrity, Um, and so it'll be good to check in with him again. We're probably going to talk about nitric oxide and breathing. Uh, Always a fascinating conversation. Kate Rumbler from Canada um, on uh, vitamin K2. She's one of the experts on vitamin K2. I think she's written a great book, which has been out for at least a decade, a must-read book when it comes to oral health, remineralization you know, teeth health cavities, not getting them. And then we've got a few other exciting things coming up. Uh, we'll probably talk to Patrick McKeon again about breathing. And these are all things that are related to functional dentistry. And, and, and again, I find them fascinating. I know you do as well. And we're going to try and unpack a lot of good information for you again, anything, uh, Relating to what I just said, if you have any questions for these guests, please reach out to me uh, again at mark at askthedentist.com. Anyway, let's get right to this question. Uh, an interesting topic, and you know, I didn't hear this uh, question very often. Maybe five, six, seven years ago, barely at all. Now I'm hearing it a lot. So something has changed, and we'll we'll talk about that. Here is the question. Hi, Doctor B. I just went to a new dentist for the first time, hoping that I could meet with someone who would understand my concerns about fluoride. And they were basically just insistent that there's no concerns. How do I address that with a dentist who thinks they know better? Amber, I am so sorry this happened to you. This Don't feel bad. This happens often. And as I said, it is happening more and more these days. And And I see that as a good thing because the public is better informed and again this is one of the reasons i have my platform ask the dentist and one of my pet peeves on this platform having a voice uh is that fluoride is not good it should not be in our water it should not be in our toothpaste it certainly should not be offered in any products uh, at the dentist Uh, and we'll talk about what those products are what to watch out for um plenty of studies out there um In the last decade, we have over 60, 65 studies from all over the world that pretty much all agree as to the effect on the uh, brain of a fetus, an infant, and a child, um, uh, fluoride consumption. It it crosses over the blood-brain barrier. It, It literally goes from the mouth, not by ingestion. You can ingest it. And it can also get into the bloodstream that way. But just by having it in your mouth, whether it's the daily use of toothpaste or that one or uh, biannual uh, fluoride varnish or fluoride treatment that you get after your cleaning, which is quite a bit stronger uh, compared to the toothpaste or water concentration, that all goes to the brain. And um, I, I did a, a episode podcast with Drew Pro, Great, great podcast. One of my favorites at the time, I think it was called the Broken Brain podcast. Now it's the Drew Pro podcast. And we did a, a little uh, discussion on the toxicity and dangers of fluoride. And so if you need more information all, I will put a, a link to that podcast uh, in the show notes. So, but I don't want to get into that other than please understand that fluoride is extremely toxic to you even as an adult but certainly your children and your fetus and it will drop the IQ uh points of your child by 6 to 9 points and and that is that is a dramatic uh you know dramatic drop uh and it, it, again as i discuss with drew the, the, i i had to i had to understand why this was happening so i did some in-depth research and i came up with i forget what it was but uh, 10 15 mechanisms of how fluoride once it does get into the brain of what it does to the brain the things i remember at this moment are the it takes down some brain some mitochondria in the brain that's huge uh, it can affect the myelin sheath um which is the protective fatty layer outside of a nerve it can disrupt that i mean it, it's just going through that list would make you understand and also understanding that fluoride does get into the brain within five, 10 minutes of a fluoride treatment, it would make it very clear to you that this is not a good substance to be playing around with. And then to go see a professional who has spent three to four years in dental school and to tell you that there's that there's no worry. You should be relaxed and not worry. Leave it to us. We're the professionals. Don't question the professionals. So. So, and most dentists and hygienists will shame you. I get shamed as a professional for making these recommendations. But here's the problem: there's a there's a big time gap, kind of this uh temporal distortion between what the professional curriculum teaches and and sees as valid, as being valid in treatment and, and the academic dogma I sometimes refer to as, or and compared to the current research and and that time distortion temporal whatever you want to call it uh schism is typically 10 to 15 sometimes 20 years so so amber you have read or have been exposed to some of this latest research and to be honest with you your your dentist has not either they don't agree with it if they've seen it uh they've been brainwashed uh or and or they just don't have the time to keep up with with the current data and and that's typically the most likely explanation so so my answer to you would be find another dentist um, interview them by phone or in person one of the first questions you should ask is how do you feel about fluoride if it's a very balanced reply uh, like I'm aware of this of these studies I, I do limit or have banned the use of fluoride in my practice there are certain cases where I would use fluoride that's a good answer if he's he or she has banned fluoride altogether and is using, the proven and biomimetic, i.e., naturally found in the body, alternatives like hydroxyapatite. Again, you've heard me talk a lot about that. Then that's that's also the right answer. So, so I would move on. Um, you know, I, I at the end of every episode on this podcast, I talk about a directory. I, I refer to a directory of of uh functional functionally minded dentists. And and if you're functionally minded, you will not you you are aware of the problems of fluoride and you're not gonna make things worse. You're not introducing toxins in the normal course of treatment, dental treatment. You're aware of this. Uh so so that's what you have to do. Don't take the shaming, don't put up with it. Your children and and your health is is worth way more than that. It's it's there's already a lot of anxiety uh, associated with going to see a dentist. Don't don't let this add to more of the mistrust and and that relationship of oh you know you're the stupid patient you should know better to question our professional advice that that is a tough thing to deal with. So so I used to recommend working with the dentist and giving them some information. We have a a little uh, bibliography, not a bibliography, uh, a reference, uh, a a, uh, blog post with references. Uh, It's our hydroxyapatite uh, article, and there are a lot of references as to the dangers of um, of fluoride. The other, I think, actually probably the best uh, reference right now for fluoride, if you have any questions about fluoride, is the Fluoride Action Network. Uh, On the internet, they have uh, the largest... Database on all things about fluoride. I highly recommend you just peruse that. It is very patient, layperson-friendly, uh, but it's also great—a great resource for practitioners. So if you're a practitioner, and and you and you think there may be some truth to this. I would go there as well. Uh, they have a professional section there, and the 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 data is overwhelming it's we've come we've we've crossed over the tipping point i think the tipping point I think at this point, which i 'm so pleased about this is something i 've always wanted to see in my lifetime and i think I think it's going to happen um, there's a lawsuit against the epa that's progressing nicely i've watched all the sessions via zoom, and the judge is is very Balanced and is going slow on this, but I think he sees the writing on the wall because the data is is overwhelming, and and he's well well versed in 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 all of the data and the studies. So, so uh, again, do not take this uh, the concentration of these of the two products that you're going to get either a fluoride rinse or treatment or the varnish. The varnish is painted on; it stays on longer. If you read all the studies that are pro varnishes, basically. It's all about the concentration of fluoride in your saliva, which implies also your bloodstream, (laughs) uh, which they don't talk about. Um, It's it's higher for longer. And and that's what dentists want to see because fluoride can remineralize tooth structure, but it's not worth affecting the brain. Again, you can fix a tooth. It's hard to fix a brain. Uh, The fluoride treatments are not a varnish. They're like a swish or a foam. And, And this is being done... Routinely on patients up until age fourteen, if you 're an adult and you have a very high decay rate, they will recommend it, but the insurance may not cover it. They kind of stop covering preventative work after age fourteen, which makes sense because all the adult teeth are pretty much in so so these products I think, are not necessary. Uh, the good news is, and i 'm going to answer this question in a few episodes. It was another question that came in what are the alternatives to these fluoride varnishes and there is a good alternative unfortunately there really isn't one available in the U.S. but that is about to change next year probably Q1 there will be a very safe varnish and this is something I would recommend to all kids in the meantime I would recommend no fluoride varnishes the strength I mean a five percent sodium fluoride compared to the amount of fluoride and toothpaste the difference is uh, I'm not sure what the factor is but it's huge if you convert parts per million, which is, let's say it's eight parts per million in toothpaste, if you convert that to percentage, I think it's a point zero 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 eight percent And again, the varnishes are 5%. And again, that's just a big hit to the brain and to the body. So... So I'm glad that you asked this question and I'm glad that you had the, the wherewithal, the, the, the foresight to think this is not right. I need, I need a solution. So again, thanks for asking that question. It allows me to kind of jabber on about all this and my beliefs and uh, and hopefully that helps uh, a lot of, uh, of you in the future. Uh, I was exposed to a lot of fluoride as a kid. Damn it, I could have been six to nine points smarter. Uh, but that's the way it is. I grew up in San Francisco and I drank lots of fluoridated water. All that water from Yosemite Valley, they would add fluoride to it. What a pity.